listening to Defiant Pawns with Blake Sugarman and Tyler Stahl. This is Chapter 8, Discovering Fire. Right before COVID-19 shut everything down, I was in the process of learning a new tour. It was a Soho Little Italy Chinatown tour. Haven't led one yet. Probably won't, but if I ever do lead one of those tours, there will be some new history to cover. The tour starts in Soho, which is a neighborhood known for transformation from being Lenape Indian territory in the not-so-distant past, to being colonial farmland, to being a theater district, to being a red light district, to being a manufacturing area, to being an abandoned manufacturing area, to being the underground artist haven, to being a luxury shopping district. But for one surreal moment in the summer of 2020, Soho took on yet another identity. You see, a lot of those luxury stores got looted in the George Floyd uprising, mostly by opportunists, not activists. But the point is, all the windows in this area got boarded up as a result. It was plywood, plywood, plywood for blocks on end. And when the people of New York saw all those blank boards, they transformed them into marvelous anti-racist public art walls with all kinds of murals by all kinds of artists messages of resistance and hope. It was amazing. That's what happens when you give people the space to create, when you offer them a chance to share what's inside. Some anthropologists think that prehistoric people first made art while gathered around the campfire at night. Of course, learning how to control fire was a turning point in many ways, but it gave communities a reason to gather in the evenings, and it was in that context, hanging out by the warmth of this supernatural glow under the stars, that they told each other stories, which evolved into myths and poems and chants that blossomed into music and theater and dance and ritual. It was that setting that allowed for the birth of culture. You see, campfires offered this sacred space between daytime when people's focus was on survival and sleep time when they entered their own expansive dream world. It's the space carved out between the two where creativity emerged. I wonder if technology can offer us something similar in the future. If it can offer an escape from wage-slave toil for mere survival and burst open this realm of creative exploration in the arts and science and food and everything. Who knows where the human spirit could go? predictions, to be honest. Life 
is full of plot twists, and things can turn out a lot of different ways. Consider this. In 1930, the world-renowned economist John Maynard Keynes predicted that within a hundred years' time, the struggle for subsistence would be over, and the economic problem, as he called it, would be solved. He believed that gains in productivity from new technology combined with compound interest on financial assets would allow us to be, on average, eight times better off financially while only having to work 15 hours a week. According to Keynes, if trends continued, the need for human labor would be so greatly reduced by 2030 that we would actually want to spread the work around so everyone could feel like they were contributing something. You know, for about three hours a day. Of course, it's not 2030 yet, but we are getting close and at least until the pandemic came along, most Americans were working longer hours for lower wages than in previous decades. So what happened? Productivity and wealth grew much as predicted, but the benefits were not as widely shared as Keynes hoped. And frankly, that might have to do with a departure from his way of thinking about economics. Because Keynes was the dominant economic thinker from the New Deal era up until the Reagan-Thatcher Revolution, which is right around the time workers' wages stagnated. No doubt, greed played a central role in this, sometimes dressed up as ideological principle. But perhaps the racial justice uprisings of 2020 reveal another part of the equation. Think about it. We saw more participation in protest in the summer of 2020 than at any other moment in American history. Is it a coincidence that this happened when tens of millions of Americans were collecting unemployment and had a little more time on their hands? I think those in power recognize that those with time are more likely to demand an end to injustice than those who are stuck at work all day. So they like to keep us busy. It's funny. Stories tend to have a beginning, middle, and end. And to understand the meaning of a story, really need that last part, the end. But that's not the way life works. Because in life, there is no end. Not really. Everything just continues. So while I am pleased to report that chess form is still open today, might not be by the time you hear this, who knows? I, I think people in the community have rallied behind it, but New York might really be in for some trouble. It's definitely premature to say happily ever after. It always is. Now, in case you were wondering, the new Shakespeare & Co's expansion plan has been put on hold. Shocker. Still might happen one day, but in the meantime, the infamous footlocker we sang about has opened again. After being looted. Yeah pretty messed up. Of course, that 
Foot Locker is not in Soho, but its boarded up windows got a mural nonetheless. In big bright letters, it said, Working for a better future. I like that. I can relate to that. Because while I am still officially unemployed as of recording this, I am working for a better future by making this piece. At least that's what I'm trying to do. And like I said, life has lots of twists and turns. I don't know what's in store for me any more than society at large, but we have to ask ourselves what we want and then try to pursue that. And sometimes the impossible happens. And then it seems inevitable. I mean, democracy, religious freedom, the abolition of slavery, maybe Kane's vision is just around the corner, waiting for us to usher it in. Maybe the crumbling of the old order is an opportunity, a chance to rewrite some of those rules, a chance for us pawns to create something better. Or maybe the climate crisis will be so severe that civilization itself will cease to exist. Definitely a possibility, unless we get our shit together. What can I say? This is how it feels to be in the middle of a story. With a lot on the line. And how people look back on what we do now and what I've said in these recordings will very much depend on what happens next. And what happens after that. There will never be an end. We can't get hung up on some final destination. Doesn't mean we don't need dreams to guide us. Come together to partake in shimmering imagination. Come together to recall the casualties of war. Come together in order to form a more perfect. to protect the things that nourish our souls let's acknowledge that we do not have all of the answers let's acknowledge in reality no one ever does let's acknowledge that society is ripe for transformation
we must also dare to let go of our useless nostalgias. We must dare to prepare before the stars align. We must dare to prepare before the stars align. Hey.